Welcome to Tormenting Tarmac. On this podcast, we aim to take you on a journey of storytelling, getting to know enthusiasts from different communities and with different automotive backgrounds. It's about fellowship, showing the automotive world it doesn't matter what you love about cars and driving, what matters is that you love cars and driving. We also want to have conversations with you, the listener, about what your automotive passions are. What are the things about the automotive space that bring you the most joy? Talk about your love and our love for all motorsports and continue to learn things from all the different sections of it. We want everyone to be able to learn from one another. And this is a podcast for every level of driver and every level of enthusiast. So on behalf of my co-host, Ron Morris, my name is Jorge Aquino, and we welcome you to Tormenting Tarmac, where the enthusiast never dies. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to what is the very first episode of Tormenting Tarmac. And it is a pleasure to have you with us this day, this evening, whenever it is that you're listening to us, wherever it is that you're listening to us. My name is Jorge Aquino. Um, I am an automotive and driving enthusiast, and I have been for as long as I can remember. And I have decided to go ahead and take a plunge into the podcasting world in this particular topic. And I have a co-host with me. I have a co-driver, a co-pilot, if you will. And I'm going to let him introduce himself right now. Go ahead, kind sir. What's going on, guys? I'm Ron Morris, uh, also an automotive enthusiast, as Jorge mentions. Uh, he's uh, forced me to do this at gunpoint. Just kidding. He hasn't done that. But uh, he's asked me to come along and join this podcast. I think it's a, a fun adventure and a great project for us to work on together. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, very much a project. I would definitely say a passion project of ours. Um, Ron and I have had, well, okay, to be fair, I have been badgering Ron about this for near as makes no difference, probably two years. That's that's not an exaggeration. (laughs) Um, Ron and I have been, there's two different phases to our friendship. Ron and I have been friends since freshman year of high school. And I appreciate you, brother. Um, And no kidding when we say Ron and I probably talk kind of annoyingly every day. It's actually, that's probably not an exaggeration. I would probably say every day is yeah. we have a discussion somehow, some way. Yeah. Um, Ron and I um, are both family men and um, that that's the most important thing in our lives. I would say. Um, Definitely. And when we discussed having this passion project of ours called Tormenting Tarmac, um, we had very specific ideas for it. Um, originally, I had the basic, you know, I'll, I'll, all right, here we go. I had the basic bitch idea to do a regular automotive podcast where we just talked about cars and their performance and the newest thing that came out and yada, yada, yada. But Ron and I, for a variety of different reasons, which at, in one episode we'll definitely get into um, because I, I, I do want to say that what Ron does is fascinating, but I don't want to give it away just yet because I think that's a very cool future idea for a future episode down the road. Um, but we wanted to get creative. We wanted to talk about, and I know it's going to sound really cliche to anybody and everybody who's listening, but we really wanted to talk about the essence of driving and the spirit of cars, not just, oh, well, this particular electric car can do a quarter mile and now under nine seconds. We wanted to talk more than just that. We wanted to talk about what it feels like to, 
I don't know, grab your key. And what I mean, actually grab your key, actually grab your key and insert it into the key lock of your door, not unlock it with your alarm and then open your door and then actually hop in foot in the clutch, turn on the, turn over the ignition and just enjoy the spirit of driving. Um, Ron and I have always had, um, how would I say this, Ronnie? Uh, just cre creative ideas of how we would, how we look at particular automotive media. Would you say so? Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, kind of to your point, so much automotive media these days is metrics and zero to 60 and horsepower. Obviously that stuff is important. Um, but where I think we think there's maybe a little bit of a niche or, or a hole in um, kind of the podcast space is a more culture-based, experience-based automotive discussion um, and having guests and topics and things like that that we'll have that's kind of going to cover the more, um, you know, the non-magazine media side of the automotive space um, that really is what we most actually engage with day-to-day -day anyway. Um, the reality is, okay, yeah, you may go pick up a magazine or read an internet article, but... By the way, Ronnie, are... do, 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 do people actually pick up magazines still? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I'll pick it up in the grocery store, but I don't buy it. Um, but, like, that's not what you're meaningfully engaging in. It's not why you actually like cars. Um, you know, you're going to car shows, you're going to racetracks, you're going to meets, as the kids say these days, things like that. That's that's more, I think, what we want to cover. Um, kind of the, the human factor of it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The human factor. That's what we want to do. Is that going to be hard? Hell yeah, it is. Do we look forward to the challenge? You bet your ass we do. Um, and so that's Tormenting Tarmac. And uh, about a little over a month ago, and by the way, um, please note, whenever it is that you happen to listen to this episode, it probably will have been quite a while after we record this because, you know, we, we one of us is definitely a perfectionist and the other one is a perfectionist, but... Also, I, they know their limits. And Ronnie, I think you know who the perfectionist and who is not. And I definitely say you are the perfectionist. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to mention that it's probably going to be a while before you um, hear this. And, you know, it regarding the topics that we may be talking about today. Um, you know, so we'll try and be pretty broad about it. But at the same time, if you hear, if you hear us talking about the Dutch Grand Prix, it probably will have been a while ago from when you actually listen to this podcast. And by the way, we are Formula One fans. We are very much racing fans. And I, I must commend Ronald because Ronald is the one that has gotten me more into the bigger aspects of racing. Um, I'm, I'm very much mainstream when it comes to it. I'll be the first one to admit it. But I think that over the last couple of years, um, I've definitely grown an appreciation more for um, perhaps IndyCar racing. Um, I'm not going to say NASCAR because I definitely paid attention with a, a relatively okay eye to NASCAR prior to Ronnie turning me into it, but I've definitely taken a corner in the, over the last three years. And, you know, there's now I've, I've more taken a, uh, a liking to not necessarily the local races, but I would say sports car racing, um, IMSA and, you know, seeing what the Europeans are doing over on the other side you know, and what they've been doing for such a long time, the British touring car championship and stuff like that, even though I don't pay attention to it, but that's like the kind of stuff that I'm just like, whoa, that's kind of rad. 
and it's been rad since like the 80s and 90s right and so um anyways i just want to throw that out there we are huge huge racing fans and we are both very much formula one fans um so i hope you guys are too and if you're not and you get a chance to listen to us we hope that you can turn we can turn you onto the things that we really enjoy and by the way if you like something that we don't really know about we hope that we can get a chance to go ahead and open our eyes to it too because that's the whole thing we want this podcast to be about um community um ronnie hit the nail on the head when he talked about culture culture is such a big thing to the two of us um, for a variety of different reasons, not just in the automotive space, but just in general. Um, We take our culture very seriously. um, And we also take each other's cultures very seriously. We want to learn from one another. That's something that I've always appreciated about our friendship um, for as long as we have been friends is the fact that we we respect one another and um, just appreciate what everybody has to bring to the table and it'll be really fun to be able to explore that. Um, now, Ronnie, I, I don't want to blow up your spot here, but you know we're automotive enthusiasts. I'm not going to ask you what your favorite car is because we've promised not to go that route. But I do want the people to know, perhaps to get to to know you a little bit. Can would you mind telling the peeps what it is that you drive and what it is that well your your bread and butter if you will. Sure. Um, but I assume you're going to have got a 1969 Chevrolet Corvette that is, has an LS3 swap T56. I've kind of done a resto mod track day car out of it. Uh, and it is currently half torn apart for the third time uh, to put, make it even better, uh, bigger and better putting a C5 suspension and a bunch of other goodies under it uh so yeah uh we'll we'll probably i think Jorge has alluded to it in a, a future topic get kind of more into some of that specific stuff but i'm a big corvette nerd um but i think this top this this podcast is is going to be a you know more about the enthusiast side of things anyway one thousand percent right yeah. i just wanted you know i for the i will admit this right now on this podcast and i'll never admit it again i definitely do live vicariously through Ron when it comes to automotive. Um, uh, th- that Corvette has become probably my four favorite Corvette of all time. <laughs> and I've told you that. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, you know, I was, I actually thought that you were going to go ahead and talk about your real cool car, which is of course, Oh, you, your little hot you, know what, you know what? Yeah, I know. I know exactly the car you're thinking of. Uh, uh, actually I have a 2008, Chevy Express 3500 12 or 15 passenger van. Jorge <laughs> was not thinking that. That's my tow vehicle. <laughs> um, my daily is a, a Chevy Sonic as well. So uh, RS, which that's also a fun, if not ridiculous, but very cheap car. So. Yes, uh, absolutely. And by the way, I'm, uh, as you know, Ronnie, very well. I'm a huge fan of hot hatches myself. I, I did own one for two years for about 50,000 miles. Um, I no longer own it because 50,000 miles in two years. Goodness gracious, bro. I was driving the hell out of that car. Holy smokes. That's, that's nothing. That's nothing. Cause you know, so uh, should we kind of go over our car history, Ronnie? Sure. I mean, we want yeah. people to get to yeah, know us, right? What I was about to say is like, don't short yourself just because yeah. in between, in between cars here doesn't mean, uh, you're right. Uh, 
you're definitely the hev- you're definitely yeah. the heavier hitter of the both of us. I mean, let's be real. But I'm blessed to say I've had a couple of whips. Yeah, yeah, it's not been too bad. Yeah. Um, my I'll start from the very beginning, and then we'll let you start because you you've been the heavier hitter ever since we were in high school too. And we'll get into that because we've got a couple stories that I would love to tell one day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my very first car, I my mom, shout out to my mom, who is, I know, going to be another fervent supporter of this podcast, by the way. Um, I, I, I will admit, I do a second podcast that's uh, more of a weekly show. And this podcast, Tormington Tarmac, we do plan on releasing perhaps one episode a month. Um, but because, the reason for that is because we want to make sure that the quality is outstanding for you all that are going to be listening. So um, there's a reason for that. But um, my mom, uh, when I was 18, uh, a couple of months right before we graduated, right, Ronnie? Yeah. Um, yeah. about March of 2000, cause we graduated 08. Um, we're dating ourselves, but eh, who cares? It's not like we're like 57. <laughs> um, but my mom kindly bought me a 1990 Honda Accord, um, four door. It was brown. Um, not quite crap brown, I wouldn't say, but it definitely, it definitely had some patina looks to it. You know, by the way, I have now started using patina more in my vocabulary. I don't know about you, Ronnie, but that's really made a comeback or not even a comeback. It's just, a, it's definitely become a mainstay. Yeah, patina, patina might be, uh, how can I say it? a romantic way to describe it, but <laughs> definitely means it's rust. Who, who isn't excited as hell to get their first car though and yes no and, oh my gosh it was it was tremendous if anything that's the whole point of this is like mm-hmm. uh yeah obviously sports cars are awesome and that's what we really like and that's what you get excited about but everybody remembers their first car you know the first time they drive it the first time they take it to school the first time they get their buddies in it and hop in and you know go get into trouble um uh, that's that's kind of the excitement that that we're trying to oh very much so. about yeah very much so. And so, I remember being in Jorge's car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> screwing around after jazz band. Uh, oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, so and- we are both musicians, by the way. Uh, the reason why we even know each other to begin with is because when we met in high school, um, Ronnie and I are both sax players. So we met um, right before band camp um, or yeah, week of band camp. Around and yes, there. we did do band camp, ladies and gentlemen, and it is not like American Pie. At least it wasn't <laughs> for me and Ronnie. That's for sure. Not in the Arizona <laughs> desert. I, I, I will tell. I will tell you right now. Um, we talk about culture, and uh, I'm, I promise I'm going to go ahead and get back to the topic. But I, you know, you you mentioned Arizona, and that's where I'm located. Ronnie's in the Big D, or just outside of it. He's just outside of Detroit. Um, he works for one of the. Uh, for one of he's got one of the cooler jobs in the world. I will say that, and I'll go ahead and leave it at that for now until we get to that topic one day. It, it, it wasn't one of my dream cars. It was a car that I loved and adored at the time, and I really like it. And to this day, I still love it. But um, after a year of ownership, so I owned that Honda Accord from March two thousand and eight until um, June two of oh nine. You got it down to the month. I'm impressed, homie. Yeah, uh, it was a, it was an important thing for me, man. And not to mention yeah. that was right around the time that I met my now wife too. So like that oh. that whole time, like. You know, my, my wife, she never rode in the Accord. The first car she rode That's in. probably a good thing. Oh, very much so. So it didn't have AC. You know what? All right. I, I didn't mention this. That car did not have AC. Yeah. I never put AC in it, it but I did, put, I, I did do something else. Um, Ronnie, do you remember what I did to my car? The first thing that I did to my car? Uh, 
no. no. Uh, the first thing I did to my car is I, because I'm an idiot and I was 18 at the time. And basically this was during the time where, you know, if you were my type oh, of personality, put a in it? I definitely put a subsystem. Yeah. yeah I definitely would. put a sound system in it. Um, shout out to our homie. Brian I remember, Wong. I remember giving you so much crap. Yeah. It was the dumbest thing ever. My ex-girlfriend's <laughs> no, dad not, at the same but... time. He was like, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, listen, it cost me $200. And I, and not to mention, our friends, uh, our mutual friends, um, uh, Eric and Brian, they actually installed my subsystem, my, my sound system for free. All, yeah. all I did was pay for the actual subs, and it was two 10 inch subwoofers and, a, and, an, and, a, and, a, and an amp that belonged and in an SUV. The car rattling from here. And it was <laughs> rattly as all could be. Yes, it very much was. But um, I can guarantee you were smiling. So. Oh, dude, it was the best thing ever, bro. It was the best thing that was, I mean, this, this was during the time where freaking DJ Khaled was popping off and I, you know, oh and, <laughs> and several, oh, and not to mention I had just gotten, I had re, I had discovered, even though I knew they existed, but I discovered Rage Against the Machine. Um, shout out to Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 for, you know, introducing me into Bulls on Parade because that's one of the best songs of all time. And so I had Bulls on Parade banging in the, in the system. So that was my first car, owned it until June of 09. And then I found this car. So here's how the story goes. I bought a 1994 Nissan 300ZX non-turbo. Um, I adored that car. It was easily the favorite car, my favorite car I've ever owned. It's not the best car I've ever owned because that would be a 2014 Sentra, <laughs> of course. Um, but it was my favorite car that I've ever owned. Um, I bought it. My mom uh, co-signed with me and I traded in my little Honda Civic or my little Honda Accord, which blew out its right front tire the day before I turned it into the dealership. Of course. No, of course it did. Yeah. Um, Which was hilarious. So I rolled into the dealership with a spare kind of hilarious. But originally what the day that I went to the dealership to go ahead and actually that I found this car, I, I don't know if I've told you this, Ronnie, I didn't go to look for the Z. Um, I went to go look at a, um, do you remember back in the day, like in the mid two thousands when Nissan did the Altima S E R? Yes, I do. Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Uh, right. So if I'm not mistaken, it was like, a, yeah, they were pretty cool. They were pretty rad too. They, I mean, they were pretty quick. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was like a D tune three fifty Z engine, but it was in a front wheel drive sedan and you could get it with automatic or a six, five, uh, assuming a six-speed manual that was originally what i was going to take a look at but it was so out of my budget because it's basically like a three-year-old or four-year-old car at the time so i there's no way i could really afford it and plus they didn't have one in the in the used dealership lot i went to go ask i went to thoroughbred nissan uh yeah blow up their spot <laughs> um and i was looking for one in the used dealer and i couldn't find one all i kept on finding was all these 350s which again completely out of my ballpark in, in regards to money and whatnot and then i came across this dark forest green 1994 300zx clean as all could be only a tick over 100,000 miles on it it wasn't automatic uh back when i was 19 i couldn't drive stick i okay let me reiterate i could drive stick i wasn't very good at it and not to mention, you know, this was, this was an automatic. It was, and it was clean, bro. And, um, I bought it. Um, I owned it for four, almost four years. Um, yeah, it was an amazing experience. It was T tops. Um, it was the two seat 
it was a two seater. It didn't have the back seat. Um, I think in order for you to get the back seat, it was you had to have a twin turbo, and one I didn't have enough money. Or That's twin, interesting. Twin I wonder. Turbo. I wonder why. Uh, probably because the weight. Hmm. Probably, I think it. I think the two. I think the back seat probably added like almost two hundred pounds. Like, let, let, let me be I very see. clear. Yeah. The 300ZX, it, it, it's a light car by today's standards, but it's not that light of a car. Um, it's, I think on a good day, it's like 3,400 pounds. And, it, and then the turbo, the twin turbo is like heavier than that. So it's, it's kind of a heavy, it's kind of a heavy coupe, uh, to be real. Um, but anyways, so I owned that. I owned it for f- almost four years. Uh tragically i lost it i lost that car in a uh, in a fire because some dude decided to go ahead and light his ex-wife's truck on fire which she happened to buy from the dealership that i was actually working at oh yeah no. oh. it was really weird it was the funniest stupidest thing ever um and then after that um my wife and i got married and then i bought a 1997 uh toyota camry <laughs> and then then I finally bought a 06 Dodge Charger. Had a V6, but it was still a Dodge Charger. It was, I was, or was it? Oh, I'm sorry. 08 Dodge Charger. And I had that for like about eight months. And then not great quality at the time for that particular brand. And then I bought a 2016 Kia Sorento. And then I bought a Focus ST. And I owned that for, again, 50,000 miles. I bought that car with 47,000 miles. By the time that I turned into the dealership, I was over a hundred in two years. Drove that to the ground. Yeah, that's a lot of a lot of driving. Yep, and now I'm uh, riding around in another Kia Sorento. Um, so bad life. Yep, gotta love it. And my wife rolls around in a minivan. By the way, I love our cars. Not gonna lie. Um, would I love to have another enthusiast vehicle? Yes, that is the purpose of this podcast because I love that. Um, but at the same time, I'm a realist, and for now, I'm you know, I am what I am and that's fine. But, uh, so yeah, my, my, my car history is not horrendous. I've, I've had a couple of cool little whips. Um, and I'm, and I'm very proud of that. And hopefully I can go ahead and get back into it uh, another time. But at the same time, I want to, ex- you know, the whole point of this podcast is to kind of express myself and here I am going to express it, you know, in an automotive sense. So how about you, Ronnie? Why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of your car history? Sure. Um, so my dad was a big car guy. So that has kind of made my origin story easier there if you will um and then uh when i was in middle school uh, i really wanted to go go kart racing uh, and i'm not calling the go kart my first car by the way you'll see why this makes where this goes um and so we went circle track kart racing and that's a more affordable form of it and had a good time i had some success and i asked my dad can i go sprint kart it's called tag kart uh racing um and we can cover that in a future podcast as well more detail but that's a little more expensive uh and so he he kind of gave me the ultimatum ultimatum is not the right word he gave me the choice of he can either help me buy my first car or we can go kart racing and so i was like well, all right i'm gonna go kart racing and that's no brainer i'll figure out how to buy my own car then and so what we ended up doing was he had and still has an 82 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme uh, and it needed engine rebuild and some other work. So we kind of agreed, okay, we'll work on that together, kind of father-son thing, rebuild the engine and I'll drive that until I buy my own car. 
Um, but that was not actually my first car because it wasn't ready by the time I turned 16. So Jorge, you may remember this, uh, for the first few months, um, I drove a really, uh, pile, <laughs> uh, early nineties. I don't even know the exact year, early nineties, GMC 1500 single cab, long bed, uh, pickup had the Vortec V8, um, and a stick. And it was, I think I remember it. I don't think I ever rode it. miles or something like that. Oh, yeah. well, I generally was not the guy to go, you know, when we'd go out to lunch and stuff, that was not the guy who would be driving because one is a single cab and two is not exactly a fine automobile. It had spent a lot of time in the Arizona sun, but to its credit, um, 300 something thousand miles. And that thing was dependable as all get out. Um, when we bought it, there was like no oil on the dipstick. Supposedly the, the original clutch. That's hard to believe, but the clutch was pretty much, uh, well worn out. Uh, and that's what we used to tow the go-kart trailer and it did great. Um, so I drove that for a little while and then we finished the rebuild on the Cutlass. Uh, and I drove that for about a year. Yeah. All uh, of junior year, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, and part of senior year, because then December of senior, remember this, it was Christmas. Well, I remember this story very specifically, actually, because we talked about it when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas. I think it was Christmas Eve. Um, well, I'll backtrack a little bit. Uh, the, the music store that I worked at in high school, there was a used import car dealer, kind of one of those sketchy dealers you probably should never buy a car from type of dealer. Uh, used import car dealer kind of across the street um, on Speedway there. That, that I know exactly where you're talking about because I wanted to buy this Acura NSX that they had for forever and a day, which I probably should have done because it would be worth stupid, dumb money right Damn, now. Yeah, Carry I'm, on. I'm surprised they would have an NSX. Um, yeah. And so they, like long story short, they, they had this 96 uh, Corvette out front last year, the C4 LT1. Um, so the least C4 of the C4s, if you will. <laughs> um, and spectacularly clean car in very good shape. And they had it for sale up front. Uh, and it was originally like way outside of the budget that I had. And, and that was probably like October. And the car just sat and sat and sat. In hindsight, I don't really know why. Um, maybe because he would go to an import car dealer for a Corvette. Um, and so my dad calls me, I'm working at, at the instrument store. I think it's Christmas Eve, really close to that. Uh, and says it's come down in price finally, like a lot, like they're finally, I guess, over it. Just want to get it to move. Um, and he says, do you want it? And I, and I was like, yeah, of course. So he goes and drives it. Um, and the way I bought that car basically was through the bank of dad. Um, so very fortunate. So he didn't actually like buy the car for me. Well, I, if I'm, put the money if down I remember and, the story then, correctly, like, you, like you had saved up money, right. And you went like half and half with your dad or something like that. Was that it? No. So I had saved up some money and then basically I, he bought it or maybe he got a loan for it. I don't actually know. And then I paid him, um, because who's going to loan a 17 year old enough money to buy a Corvette. Um, so I made the payments, paid them every month, bought it. Um, and I drove that car through the rest of high school, drove it across the country multiple times to college in Michigan and back. Uh, and I had that car until 
2009, 18, no. 19. I should know. This. No, bro. Cause you, um, if I remember, I'm about to go ahead and like refresh your memory for you. Um, Cause when did you, when did you buy the, the stingray? Right around then. 2018, 19. Nah, sure. dude, you've had no, it for a while, bro. I don't think so. Let's go find out. I should know this. <laughs> I feel like you've had it since like 2015, bro. Mm, I don't think it was that early. It might no? Have. Okay. Uh, well, still. Either way. Yeah. I, I had that car for a long time. You did. And unfortunately, it, like you, I made the mistake, even though I knew how to drive a stake, I made the mistake of settling for an automatic. Right. Uh, because I badly wanted a Corvette and stick shift Corvettes are generally worth more. Um, and so what I didn't know at the time was automatic C4 vets of that era, the LT1 cars did not have as good of a diff. Basically they knew people who were buying automatic Corvettes weren't tracking them and whatnot because they weren't as capable like modern automatics. And I was kind of at this crossroads of, well, I can build this car and it's going to be expensive, or I can just sell it and get the C3 that I've always wanted. Um, we'll get to that later. Um, so I had that car for a long time until I finally sold it. And I now regret selling it, which I wouldn't have, but here we are. Uh, October 2nd, 2016 is when I came home with the C3. Oh, yeah. So it was, I was close. I said, yes, in between and, what yeah. we were saying. Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, I had that C4 vet for a long time. Um, in college, my winter beater was a lovely, pristine, uh, if I'm going to steal Jorge's word, patinaed uh, 1992 Saturn SL. Um, extremely fast car. And by that, I mean, you had to floor it everywhere to do anything. That I was smart enough to buy a stick shift on. Um, it, the one car saving grace was it was astounding fuel economy. I had to get like 50 miles per gallon in that car. It was nuts. Yeah, bro. Shout out to the mid nineties, bro. Yes. That car was so good. Very low. I think it was like 2,300 pounds or something. Yeah. Ferociously light. Uh, and then, so I, that was my two cars for college. And then, uh, right when I graduated, um, I bought a, you swung for the fences when you graduated. Well, not quite. So I bought a uh, used Jeep Cherokee. For, oh, that's uh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I do miss that truck as well. Um, but it was pretty rusty. It was cheap. Uh, and then I had a Challenger RT. Um, classic. And I tracked that car. Yeah, RT Classic. Blue with white stripes, red interior is very American, even though it's built in Canada. Uh, so those two cars may give away what I was doing at the time, uh, but we'll probably talk about that another time. And then uh, had to get rid of those ASAP uh, and bought um, my Sonic to replace the Chally slash Jeep for a winter DD. Still had the C4 vet and then sold the C4 and bought my C3. And then eventually bought a van too to tow the C3. <laughs> I know, which is actually a pretty rad van. Long rambling story. Uh, No, but it's worth it though. Yeah, because the the whole the whole point of this particular first episode is we want you guys to get to know us. Yeah. Um, because we want to be very open with you all, and you know, be open about our our love for different vehicles and and different driving styles, mind you, different driving styles, different um, 
different uh, driving dynamics um, in, in, in the cars that we like, I should say, and the way that we like to our cars to be set up or not be set up, you know, by the way, there are so I, I say that for a particular reason, because, you know, Ron loves to mod his cars. And I fully think that he should. Um, I do too, but I also happen to like a stock car every once in a while. I like when things come out super dope out of the factory and, you know, drive it the way that it was meant to be yeah. oh, definitely. driven by the factory, right? By the manufacturer. So um, I, I, I mentioned that because I know that there's others too. Most brand new sports cars today, if I were to buy one, I would probably leave essentially stock. Yeah, with the exception of maybe so changing the exhaust. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, by the way, uh, you know, you 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 talked about the Cutlass, and uh, I was given a ride home a multitude of occasions in that Cutlass because I didn't want to walk home with a tenor saxophone, <laughs> and not to mention, you know, Ronnie actually kind of lived really close to me. He lived about five minutes away from my yeah. house. Yeah. So it was always, you know, pretty easy for him to do it. And, um, you know, by the way, I haven't said this. I mean, it helps that you lived across from Nico's. Um, but yeah, that uh, that Supreme, that Cutlass Supreme was rad. Uh, did you mention what it had, right? You said it, 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 you, it, it rebuilt a, 350, right? It was a rebuilt 350. Yep. Uh, yeah. My dad and I found one with a four bolt main. Um, so it would have been out of like a 90s. Maybe twenty five hundred truck. I'm trying to remember. Pain. It's been so long since I knew all that. So anyway, it's so. I love. We put a cam in Tate Cats. Yeah. it was fast. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you this: Ronnie, 11 Posse. That car was freaking designed to do burnouts, and if they didn't design it, then it was the best accident of all time. Because <laughs> like it was almost impossible to accelerate with any reasonable gusto and not just rips the tires. It was so much fun. Yeah, there was a lot of head going back into the seat type of deal. And of course, because it's an old, an old school Oldsmobile and an old school GM product. And well, I should say an old school American car. It had yeah. a full on sofa for a front seat, right? So, yes, like, it, was. it was. You so were definitely move, wobbling all over the place oh, and whatnot. Yeah. It was good time. Did that have AC running? No, it did not. It did not, it right? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's who we were, did. ladies and gentlemen. We were yeah, the non AC. No AC in a yeah. car with headers right under your feet that was that was a hot car but it was cool it was cool and the cool thing about though man yeah was uh it didn't quite have i can't remember did it have the uh a full uh, dual exhaust or was it like Uh right okay because i can remember dump out right behind the rear tires okay uh, cool grand national yeah oh yeah yeah by the way we have it we have an old friend of ours who um i think i told you he's going to be a guest at some point that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I definitely <laughs> talked to him. He was he said he was down. Um, he was, I mean, Ron, Ronnie's car history is pretty dope, but our buddy Parker, he's got some cool definitely cars. had a grand oh, national yes. when we were in high school. Um, it is he, an, he got oh, it stolen. That, yeah, uh, I wasn't sure if we should say it or not yet, but yeah. yes, that's I, I, I actually feel bad. Um, I'm gonna ask him twice, didn't it? If I remember. Bro, yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah, he yeah. got it back. I in think the, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was because that was like, dude. I remember when he got that car. I will admit, I was kind of salty. He's like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" I don't How blame you for being salty. Car? What? Like, he definitely one up to you, even though you have the oh, big you clearly have the better engine. Because you know, that's a 
maybe bro i don't know that's the one thing i've never liked about the grand nationals and the g the gnx's is i hate the fact that it comes with the turbo v6 i hate that good though maybe that might be controversial when the grand national came out it was faster than the vet for a while yeah i know but okay that's okay all right fine that's the same thing like if you're saying oh well the four gt right now has a twin turbo six okay it got smoked by a c7zr1 so suck it (laughs) I was about to say though, you know, I I would absolutely prefer a V8 over a, a V6. Yeah, and so, for the whole no experience part of things. Yeah. yeah. So if Parker, if you end up listening to this episode, we I, I love your car. I just don't like the engine that comes in it. But that's not your fault, brother. And plus, you've always had a tremendous car history, and I'll always be jelly. So I got love for you, bro. Um, but yeah, that Cutlass, your Cutlass was fire, and uh, your Corvette was definitely an upgrade definitely an upgrade and both of those cars yeah, were, yeah they were hella course, fast although I, I although i would actually take the colors over to that today probably because i already had that um more for sentimental reasons i suppose but. yeah you know i've thought i've had that conversation we've had this conversation in the past and i think i've admitted to you i think i i think i like the cutlass more too but that's just it had a lot more, of character yeah, it had a lot of character. And it was just it was, ridiculous. It yeah, was, I mean, the, yeah. Cutlass Supremes and um, Monte Carlos and, you know, um, Buick Regals, they're all the same body. They're literally all the same mm-hmm. body. It's a, yeah, GMG yeah, body. Um, yeah. And uh, they've always just looked rad, you know? Shout out to Shaft. Shaft was rolling around with Monte Carlo SS. What a G, you know? Um, but I, 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 think it's, I think it's the character, I would agree. And I also, I've never been the biggest fan of the C4. So that probably played a little, at least for me, a little bit into it. Like if people were to ask me, what, what do you think is the coolest C4 of all time? I'm probably going to say it's yours. Like I wouldn't even say it's a 90, a, a 93 ZR1. I'd probably say it was just yours just because I experienced it from the passenger seat. Sure. And I definitely smacked my head against the window one time <laughs> for, because yep. Ronnie drives like a dick sometimes and that's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that. did i ever do the brake test on you in that car i don't know you very much did i think you did, did it. i think that's actually people. the reason why i smacked my head against the window is actually the brake test that could be we did because we did it <laughs> it was uh right in front of bloom elementary school because we took fifth street to get over to pantano okay yeah 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 because yep. even though even though there's a elementary school there and we should not have been doing what no, we were doing absolutely no, not, not um but we did it anyways because we didn't care <laughs> stupid high um, schoolers we were doing probably like 35, 40 miles an hour, and you did the brake test. Yep. And I smacked my head right up against the, seat, yep. the, the window. I, 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 what I always say is a lot of enthusiasts floor their cars. They know what they're capable of, but it takes a real- nine times out of eight, your typical person doesn't know what their car is capable of yeah. lateral GYs or like full ABS stop. And that's oh. you four had aftermarket brakes too, and on good tires. And so, yeah, I would just. I did this stupid thing and I school all the time with people, including Jorge, where we'd be having a conversation. And if there's nobody around, I would just slam on the brakes and scare the living freaking daylights out of people. Yeah. Head. And you did it multiple times too. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> by the way, speaking that car of car would stop fast on a dime. That's one yeah, thing. Really that, would. You know, it's funny Something about that. C4 just, man, yeah. Right? I, and I, and I think that this goes <clears throat> into most modern Corvettes. I think you could go ahead and agree. And I want to be very careful with how we talk about this. Cause obviously for, for a variety of different reasons, I know we, what we discussed, but I think that, I think this is okay. Um, I would say that modern Corvettes, they've, 
one of their biggest strengths, I mean, people are always going to say that the LT and LS V8s are some of the greatest engines ever built. There's no denying that. There's absolutely no denying it, especially from LT1 on. Um, and then you got the LS1, LS2, LS3, LS5, LS6, excuse me, LS7, LS9, LSA. I could go on, all the LSs. But I think that at times, the one thing that people forget about, especially if you've never experienced a Corvette before, is damn, our Corvette breaks the just bomb diggity. And, and it can be the most basic of basic, not even a Z51, just a regular basic ass Corvette. And the, cor- and the brakes are fire. Yeah, for a long time there, they still might, but for a long time there, they... Corvettes had like the first couple spots, I think, in either one of the magazines stopping distance. I remember Z06 cars ever. Yeah, I remember Z06 Z07 package tested by Motor Trend. I specifically remember this car because I've told you I actually really like that car. Um, and I think it was one of the few cars that Motor Trend tested that was like in the nine, like low ninety feet range from sixty. Yeah, like, that's awesome. that's like on the dime, and I think that the only cars that were stopping quicker than it were like heavy hitter Porsches and a heavy hitter Ferraris. Like I'm inclined to say that it was faster than all of them too. I, you'd probably be right. Like I think of 918 was like right around there, but okay. Listen to what I just mentioned a 918. Like that's the second biggest heavy hitter Porsche ever made. Right. So the fact that a Z06 can hang with that, that's insane. So yeah, I, you know, getting back to what you were saying, your your ninety six could drop, could stop on a drop of a dime, and it was incredible. Was, was it a special edition, Ronnie, or was it just a regular ninety six? It was the quote unquote commemorative edition. Commemorative edition. I was like, I thought it was uh, sorry, sorry collector's edition. Collector's edition. Collective For whatever reason, edition. I thought it was like a silver anniversary thing or whatever. Um, well, but I think I only said that because it was a silver car. Right. So, yeah. but the silly thing about that was. I, I gotta remember the numbers now. Something like twenty-five thousand C4s were made in '96, and five thousand something of them were the collector's edition. And the only way you can get silver that year was on the collector's edition, and silver was the most popular color that year. So it's like it's not actually rare. You're more likely to find a silver '96 C4 than a blue or a red or a white or a yellow or black. You know, like. You're more likely to run into a collector edition than not, essentially. So, yeah, kind of true. a eh. definitely a marketing thing. It didn't, yeah, it didn't legitimately add value to the car, right? Uh, on the used market, at least. But that's not why I bought the car. I bought the car because it was in good shape. Yeah, I mean, back when we were seventeen, when we were seventeen years old, we didn't give a damn about the collector's market. And no. to be fair, we we still kind of don't. <laughs> no, that, um, I, I, I like it's I always. always said, it's always awesome. Be, Look at it. Yeah. Yeah, this would be a good maybe future topic for the podcast that boy said you should buy a car because you want it and you should drive it. You should never buy a car because you want an yeah. investment piece or, or anything yeah. like that. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and not to mention, I, you know, we've had our ideas lined up about talking about, uh, you know, what uh, online auctions have done for car uh, for the car market and for the car community and car oh, culture yeah. as a whole these days. And that's, that's definitely an episode we'll talk about later on down the road because that really the game has changed in a, in a remarkable way mm-hmm. um but uh that's that's really us that 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 is us that's uh that's how we roll that's how we like to get down 
you know, Ronnie is a, is a Corvette connoisseur. Um, I am a Corvette appreciator. Um, I would say that I'm a, a little bit more of a European and JDM connoisseur myself, but I, I do love American muscle with um, a deep, deep, deep passion, especially, especially newer American muscle, like, cause like they can handle big time without having to put a C5 uh, frame under your car, which by the way, that's going to be the tits. Um, and we've talked about that. Um, but yeah, so that, that's really us in a nutshell. Um, and you can kind of tell who's posting on, um, on Tormenting Tarmac by the type of content that we put up. But I, 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 Ronnie, I, I think I've been pretty, I've been pretty fair, right? Yeah. 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 I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been giving, I mean, I give love to American cars a bunch. I give love to a bunch of Corvettes. I give lo- love to Jordan Taylor, your boy, um, who, who is actually a really funny guy. <laughs> Have you have you have you listened to that episode yet? No, not yet. I, I do plan to. I do plan to. I love I do love Dale Jr. and I've listened to a couple of his shows. And I mean, you know that I I definitely listened to one particular episode last year for a particular reason. But I think that he's a great great host um, with a terrific mind and uh, terrific topics and a creative sense of humor and whatnot. So um, I can't wait to go ahead and listen to that episode. I really can't. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to look, look into that. And, uh, you know, Jordan Taylor just seems like the type of dude that you want to go ahead and chill and have a cigar with, even though he probably doesn't smoke cigars. And by the way, neither do I, because I'm, my wife told me not to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he just seems like the type of dude that if he took you around um, Circuit of the Americas in a C8R, you're going to have the time of your life for a variety of different reasons, besides oh, yeah. the fact that you're rolling in a C8R. Um, so now Ronnie, one of the, you know, this whole episode is really about the people getting to know us. We've talked about our car, um, history, you know, you, you currently own a 69, you've had a 96 Corvette, you know, you're predominantly you've had American, uh, domestic cars. Um, I don't think you've ever had American cars. You've only had American cars. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, Oh, Saturn doesn't count. It very much does. GM product. What am I talking about? Um, so that's that's all Spring you Hill, have. Tennessee. Sorry. What's that? <laughs> it was built in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Yeah, I know, anyway, right? Sorry. <laughs> um, I have uh, had a little bit more of a, a variety. I shouldn't say variety. I have either, I've either had American cars or Asian cars. Um, nope. Never had a Euro car. I very much plan to at some point. Um, but you and I have a very in- eclectic taste in vehicles i think that's a kind way to put it would you say yeah sure. no or uh, yeah eclectic or eccentric even unique um, whatever yeah yeah so i mean i bet there's not too many people out there who would drive a corvette and a freaking saturn at the same time but there's not too many people out there who would have a minivan and a focus st at the same time so or trade in the focus st to go ahead and get the minivan, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. that yeah <laughs> Uh, I texted you the day that I was at the dealership. I'm like, bro, I'm getting rid of the ST. But I could I could hear your tears at the floor. Yeah, but you know what, Ronnie? Let me. It's all right. Yeah, I will. I'm gonna say this. I'm just gonna be honest. I I liked my Fost. I I I liked it a lot, but I never fell in love with it. And after a year and a half, I still don't feel like I ever really fell in love with. I didn't gel with it, and I'm wondering if the. And I don't know if it was ever the, I think it was really heavy for its size. 
I don't remember what they weighed, but yeah, could it's be. it's closer to mid three thousands than you think. It's like thirty three. Yeah. It's a heavy car. Like the Fiesta doesn't weigh anywhere near that. And I remember bringing that up to you, and you were like, "It de- it it just depended on the frame that they built it on." That was that was the because I I brought that up to you one time, and that's what you said to me. And I was like, "Oh, that makes sense," but you know, it was lively, like really lively. And on the top end, it it would pull until it ran out of until it ran out of turbo, really. Um, but uh, it was cool. I just. Yeah, and I as soon as I got to 100,000 miles, that particular car started to be funky and not yeah, in a fun way. It was like week after week, you'd be asking me questions. Yeah, I had the thing. check engine throw a light like, uh, dude, barely after 100K. I was like, oh, man, really? Um, and I got it fixed, but um, I, I brought up this discussion because we wanted to talk about our guilty pleasures in the automotive space. but. Do you have any weird, like, likings in the automotive space, Ronnie, that you'd like to yeah, tell the audience about? Guilty pleasure. That's a good topic. Um, I, man, guilty. Guilt, I don't know if I really feel guilty about it, but something Ron from 10 years ago would have never been I, I, I should, yeah. Not guilty pleasures, uh, but, but just eccentric called. things. No, yeah. no, guilty pleasure is what it would be. Something that, at least at some point in your life, probably wouldn't have made it to liking. Uh, low riders, like... You know the the Southwest culture. Uh, yeah, L.A. East L.A. Yes. Uh, you know the the six four Impalas, baby. Dayton's on yeah on old Impalas with the ridiculous paint schemes and hydraulics. Uh, those are freaking cool. Um, those are one of those cars where it's like I would have never like I probably would have said they're the stupidest thing ever especially 10 years ago when i was so like oh it's got to be a race car or it's dumb um which i still mostly am like that but at least now like if i'm on the street and you know walking down the street and there's a little rider there like i'm gonna check that out over a european exotic i to me like it's a million times cool yeah i mean it that, is really that would cool. be that so that would be my guilty pleasure those are freaking cool and if someday i win the lottery and have a huge ass collection of cars i'm gonna have that would be awesome. I, w- I would be so proud of you if you did that. Um, I mean, you with the engineering mindset that you have, um, you know, what is it that you think draws you into the low riders? Is it the fact that engineering of, you know, the, the hydraulic system and whatnot, or no, it's it really nothing. Uh, yeah. It's all really the creativity side of it. Um, from a objective, you know, engineering, if we want to say aspect of it, they're really nothing that awesome it's it's purely the creativity side of the culture side of it the uh you know the sweet pinstripe paint jobs that you know somebody put a huge amount of man hours in to make it look good um just kind of the attitude of low and slow um i just i i think it's cool i think it's really freaking cool yeah i can't agree with you more um the the creativity aspect of it with um the incredible paint jobs and it they are remarkable paint jobs and custom interiors and all custom that. interiors are insane um like that that's like i'm usually not a big usually not a big chrome fan but like they'll have the underbody you know chassis and yeah especially everything all chromed out on the really crazy ones and it's like mm-hmm 
camp. I mean, yes. some of those things go for six digits, no problem, bro. And like you're paying for what you get because of the engineering. I'm sure it costs that to have some of the ridiculous paint jobs. On oh there. yeah, dude. Yeah. It's insane. Um, it's so interesting because you mentioned low and slow and some of these, the engine bays are so incredibly immaculate, but mm-hmm. I mean, they really are slow. There's no hot rod engines in those very, like not very often. Yeah, they might, but not. They the, might, but at the same time, it's like fast. 4,000 yeah. pound car. That you push around, right? yeah. 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 Well, what's yours there? Um, I've got a couple, um, you know, I'm a big fan of the Fast and the Furious. I think most people that are going to be listening to this podcast will be fans of the Fast and the Furious. And if you're not, you should be because it's deep down inside. You know, that's what got you into cars. It should be real. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's definitely for me. That's one of the things that got me into cars. Shout out to Vin Diesel and the late, great Paul Walker. Um, so, you know, I still got a thing for neon lights. Okay, that's a good guilty pleasure. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Like, I see neon lights, and I'll be like, "Oh snap! What's up? You're bringing 2001 back, huh? Oh, boy, it's <laughs> back cool. then. I would have like back in the prime, man. I would have, I, I for sure thought they're the stupidest thing ever. But to your point, if I saw a car with neons now, I would be like, "What? Like, yeah, yeah." So, like, that's that's definitely like a thing for me. I like, I had a good a good buddy of mine in high school. Him and I are still really good friends to this day. His his car that he bought was like a mid 90s Acura Integra. Um, and he too had a stupid sound. Like he, his sound system was even better than mine. Like it was gnarly. Um, <laughs> and he had the full on night, the, the, the neon lights thing going through his center console. And so he turned it on at night. It was like this bright purple and his Integra was white. Um, it was kind of hilarious. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. He actually, I remember, you know, God bless him again. He's one of my good friends. Um, he got a ticket in his neighborhood because for disturbing the peace, cause his sound system was too loud one time. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. Tucson's finest, but that's, you're going to give him a ticket for sound system. Get out of here. You go somewhere else and go ahead and arrest people for doing real stupid stuff. Damn it. <laughs> um, that's not a shot to the police department. I just want to be very clear. I just think it's hilarious that they gave him a ticket for, you know, a sound system. Get out of here. But yeah, he did have neon lights in his car, which is really, really funny. Um, but in, in reality, for me, um, you know, people make fun of these people all the time. And I don't blame them, but I kind of like what they do. I am a big fan. I've told you this in the past. I'm a big fan of like 2,500 or 3,500 big pickup trucks and not the dualies, even though I do like a dually, don't get me wrong, but specifically like the, the, not the mega cabs, but like a regular quad cab, like with, with like a good five or six, six inch lift with big, big tires on it. And, so you know, think what, I think what Jorge is saying here is that he has a secret love for bro dozers. I definitely do. Um, now I, I don't want to be like <laughs> the diesel bros and like freaking do coal tunes. Or what, what's it called? A rolling cold. cold. No, thank you. Rolling cold. No, no, cold. no. Yeah. I'm. That's not cool. Listen, I'm a good environmental friendly automotive enthusiast. Okay, Let that be very clear. I love this planet. I just, I like my go to, my car to go vroom vroom too. But just I don't want to go ahead and be putting out all kinds of black smoke uh, out of my truck. But I do love me like a. Like if it were, you talked about like if you had a car collection, like you'd add a low rider into it. If I had, yeah. a, you know, if I had a, a shop or and you know a couple of like sweet rides, my tool vehicle to me 
the perfect one would either be uh, a Sierra 3500 Denali with yeah. a lift and, you know. Yeah, that'd be freaking huge. <laughs> it would be massive, yeah. dude. I'd be yeah. freaking just like off-roading everywhere. I'd off-road through a freaking enough, bank enough to just to go ahead and get earth, to the other man. side of the street. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, like that would be dope to me. Um, yeah. I, I, like, I love it, dude. And, you know, with. <laughs> it's they're the bro mobiles right and people always say oh that guy's that guy's is like that small i would care, i couldn't care less i'd be like yeah it is and look at how, how cool my truck is <laughs> um so i i really really love love those those trucks um man trucks have gotten expensive though yeah they, that's they, 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 they well the whole car market has exploded right oh. so that's for another day um but i would I love them, man. I, I can't get enough of them. And it, you know, just hey, any big dually hey, like that. If you like it, diesel. power to you. I Literally. know, right? Literally all the torque in the world. So much torque you could pull. What's the biggest planet in the solar system, Ron? Is it Jupiter? Uh, Jupiter, yep. Yeah. I, I, so much torque you could pull Jupiter and Mercury and Saturn simultaneously. And then push yeah. Earth with the bumper. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that's one of my guilty pleasures anything else other than lowriders i asked you about what i asked you one time if you like donks and you said hell no uh i mean yeah as we've talked about maybe on a future podcast we'll touch into tribalism so i don't want to get into it too much i definitely think people who like donks power to you man i mean for sure they catch my on the street for sure but i i don't think i'd have one myself they're just not for me but um yeah, I'm sure I've got something else. Let me let me think here. Um, probably big Luxo barges. Um, that's not something that's stereotypically up my alley. You know, I'm a big Luxo barges. Can you, can you guy. What do you mean by that? Like a big, big ass '70s Cadillac, or um, you know, something where you can use your pinky and you have to turn the wheel like three times to go around the corner. Now yeah, I think it is maybe kind of similar to the low ride idea, but it's a little bit different. But just yeah, no, I get you. But just like I, I when I was in auto shop in high school, we had a mid seventies Cadillac. I don't remember which one with a five hundred cubic inch V eight that was in that era, probably like one hundred seventy horsepower or something. Sad, uh, and I thought that car was the dumbest thing ever. And now I'm like, damn, that'd be pretty cool. Like when I'm not doing something where I want to have fun in the car and I just want to you know, the stereotype drive and go get ice cream or whatever with the family, like they'd be sweet to do it in the car like that. That would be, or that, you know, just cruise up and down Woodward. It'd be cool to have a car like that. Oh uh, yeah. Um, have you been, by then, have you been to the Woodward cruise before? I feel oh, like dude, you have, right? all the time, almost every year. The it past was, it, two it just happened three, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. The past two or three years, I haven't made it because every year something was going on, but uh, generally, yes, I definitely go. Uh, and I would say my last one that I'll give you, but I'm not really guilty about it now because I don't, I don't care. Uh, would be vans. Um, I thought vans were the stupidest thing ever until I finally ended up buying one for a tow vehicle because towing per dollar of a van is so good. Um, and now I'm like, I'll see vans and I'll check it out. I'm like, oh, has he done anything to it? And like, which one's that? And every now and then you'll see a really badass like overlanding van or a guy who's like really you know converted it to make it a good tow rig or something like that. And it's like, oh shit, that's cool. Um, that'd be a guilty pleasure. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, as a as a person who owns a minivan right now, um, 
I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I happen to really like my minivan a lot. <laughs> well, Shockingly <laughs> enough, but it stands to listen. It's you know, dope, I dude. may have not had the word mini in there, but I'll, I'll forgive you for for uh, Freudian yeah. slip on your end. That's fair. That's fair. I know that um, <laughs> one of one of the, my favorite um, automotive journalists that I follow, his name is Mike Musto. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the director cool. of media relations uh, for Hemmings. Uh, by the way, Hemmings is making oh, a strong know. coming comeback right they now in the, in the YouTube space, and it's nice because of him. Yeah. Um, and so it, I, sh- I recommend watching his old stuff on the Drive Network. It's still on YouTube. It's uh, His show was Big Muscle. Yeah. And uh, man, cool. he, he drove some just wicked stuff on that show. He drove this like twin motor, like 30-something Ford, and oh thing was gnarly as all could be but that's not what i'm trying to get at he currently has on the hemmings auction this like um one of those camper you know gmc's expresses something like that but it's actually like pretty lifted it's pretty dope i'm, I'm gonna see if i can find it right now i'll try and show it to you yeah i'm trying to look right here yeah yeah but it is uh it is sweet and he has done so much cool stuff to it like it is so rad. Um, and his, I mean, his taste for vehicles is uh, pretty, pretty amazing. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Um, it's going to bother me if I can't. Oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. GMC Vandura. It's lifted on like some good all terrains or mud terrains. Yep. Oh, dude, it's got freaking port windows. Yeah. See, that's Bro, awesome. I would be about that life. That's too cool. I would, I would roll around. Um, so, but I, you know what? I don't want to go ahead and take away from yours, from your guilty pleasure. So I don't want to piggyback off of it. So if I got one more and to be fair, I never got over it. And I think I've told you this, cause if it, this would actually be one of the top three best resto mod projects I've ever, I'd ever want to do if I ever had the opportunity to do it. But, uh, see, I've always been kind of an urban kind of guy. I don't know if you can tell by how I talk sometimes. Uh, that's you, audience. Ronald knows that I'm an absolute hooligan uh, in the highest of orders. <laughs> um, but I still love um, the early to mid-2000s SUVs, um, in particular in the American luxury range that would be rolling around in 24s or 26s very ignorantly. Um, I would still... Oh, yeah. Totally roll around in an 01, is 05 Yukon Denali. Vintage high school Jorge right there. Big oh, time. that's peak yep. me. Yep. Yeah. One of my old, one of our old, one of my old buddies, one of my old classmates, he uh he bought a 2001 Yukon Denali. Um, and we rode in it like I don't know, like three days before school was over, before we graduated. It was black and it had the tan interior exactly how I wanted it. Um, he had the regular Yukon Denali six spoke wheels. I would have preferred the, um, I think, well, I think, you know, which wheel I'm talking about, right? Ronnie, the 20, like the actual, I think it came with either 22s or 24s as an option, but you know, you talked about the seventies Cadillac, you know, just flowing down the road and, yeah, you know, just doing that. I would do the same in a, Oh, one. Yeah, same kind of, no, you're exactly right. Same kind it's of, it's the same thing, yeah, just a is. different it type is. of truck. You're right. No, you're totally um, right. I had that and, that's yeah, really and it wouldn't point. just be a, you can uh, like link, like old Lincoln, Lincoln navigators. Yes. 
about now I wouldn't do spinners, but I definitely put some ridiculous 24s or 26s. Spinners would, but spinners would kind of like circle back on your point about it neon was like same time. If you sold in spinners today, you'd be like, what? I would be like, unbelievable it. that you have fit spinners on your vehicle. I would actually go high ago, five if the you driver. Saw a car with spinners, you'd roll your eyes. At least I would, yeah, not necessarily you would, but I would, mm, not I'd anymore. Now, it's now, definitely now, nostalgic, like, yeah, nostalgia trip. And you have, I was re watching this yeah, movie, it was, um, it. yeah. It's called Are We There Yet? It stars Ice Cube. Um, and in the movie, he drives around in a black Lincoln Navigator with spinners on it. And it's exactly the type of truck that I would have wanted back in the day. Um, so, yeah, that's still a guilty pleasure to me to this day. Um, and I adore it. And yes, would I own one? Yes, I would. In a heartbeat. If I had the money, if I had like 16, 20 grand rolling around, um, I would absolutely 100% do it. So guilty pleasure, that. And by the way, I do love the fact that you still want a low rider that bad. And I would yeah. completely oh, yeah. say, get yourself a like 1970s Cadillac that makes 150 horsepower <laughs> with like a I wouldn't, I wouldn't be an engine that's bigger than the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but by the way, actually, Ron, did you ever get a chance to watch? Um, have you watched the newest Grand Tour special yet? The uh, um, no, I have not. I want to. <laughs> you should. When you have some time, do it. Um, because that, that's exactly what they drive in that. Or not exactly, but it's the similar concept of what you want. That's exactly what they do. And I'll leave it at that because you asked me to not to tell you anything yeah, else about it. I'm just a friendly reminder. Okay. Watch that episode. I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. So I now we're getting closer to the end of our show. Um, you know, I, I will, I will tell you that I, you know, going forward and I am probably going to be taking lead on a lot of the hosting duties, but I, I, Ron is a brilliant man and he came up with this awesome concept that I think we're going to try and add into every episode that we do. And it's called this or that. Now we've got a cool, like some cool, this or that things planned for future episodes. Sebastian Vettel versus Michael Schumacher. Um, You're welcome. I don't know what I'm going to say about that one yet. Well, what we're going to do is watch that documentary when it drops on September the 15th. That's what we're going to, that's the first thing we're going to do. Um, But that, that, that section of our podcast was Ronald's idea. And I think it's a tremendous idea. And Ronald, please lead us off on our very first. uh, Yeah. On our very first segment of this or that on Torment and Tarmac. Jeopardy music to start like do, 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 this or that something dumb. Um, anyway, it's this or that. Yeah, exactly. Mister Hell's in horsepower. Um. So what I was, you know, the point of this podcast, kind of being the enthusiast uh, type of topic. Um, if you had to choose between um, two things that enthusiasts tend to not like although one of these you might so we'll see um you know the the lesser of two evils which one would you pick which this or that would you rather have a car with an automatic or the like convertible non-sports version of a sports car automatic or convertible which one would you rather have so when i think of that type of vehicle that you just mentioned the first car that comes into mind would be either like a car like ours which you know we both had sports cars with automatic transmissions or when i think about a convertible version of a non-sports car i think of like the chrysler sebring or a toyota solara right 
Is that what we're kind of going for? Uh, I didn't necessarily have to not be a sports car, but I see your point. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think actually that would make that that those particular types of cars would make this yeah, yeah. Uh, question a little bit more fair. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I, I I'm not sure if I consider that super fair because you, sir, are not the biggest fan of convertibles. Uh, no, I can. You hate convertibles, actually. Yes. Yeah. Um. Well, that's not necessarily true. A really well done convertible can be good. Like I, I do like like hard top convertibles. Oh yeah. Um, Mercedes, Mercedes SLs are the epitome. Of that was only a convertible, but they look good. Which, but there's which a lot of the C1 Corvette because it was only. Oh, yeah, a convertible, that's true. But there's a lot of cars. Um, so, uh, so regardless, real speedsters is what you're saying. Real yeah, speedsters. exactly. Yeah. But there's a lot of cars that I, I do just feel like the ragtop car looks like you're getting half the car but they were really popular for a reason they make them for a reason because people love them but very much so okay well that's a good question um well here's the thing and and you've talked me out of this idea for a multitude of times and i always still go back to it you always say jorge as a person who owned a 1996 corvette with an automatic transmission it is a stupid ass idea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you, you have because you own one yep. and so did i so i can actually attest to that <laughs> um that being said because your 300 zx was a manual right no no it was, no, it was, not it was also an automatic yeah, yeah. Okay. it was yeah. an automatic non-turbo like it yeah. was it was the crap <laughs> so you lived crap. this question damn yeah, it, I, I, have. About that. I really have um by the way the cool thing huh I'll say this because it's kind of cool. The one cool thing out of the multiple cool things out of a Z32 300ZX is Lamborghini did did license the lights of a Z32 for the second gen of the Diablo. Internet comment that people always say Diablo. And by the way, the non-pop-up headlights Diablo looks amazing and by the way that's not to say that the pop-up headlights diablo doesn't because it very much does um but i'm just saying just saying they could have used anything ronnie it could have been it's uh just a wide variety of cars out there and they uh went for the z32 headlights so uh you're welcome um nah bro i gotta i'd go with the automatic uh, sports car you, i really would um and there's a reason why for that because i mean no disrespect to, to anybody that's ever owned a chrysler sebring or a toyota solara or um what's another one of those front wheel drive convertibles oh a chrysler the baron yeah, yeah yeah i had a buddy in college with a LeBaron. oh good god <laughs> <laughs> i have nothing good to say about that car <laughs> um but here's the thing and and this is this was what i tried to argue to you and you shut down the uh, argument very quickly because you were you um when not shifting when not shifting the engines depending on what sport what engine comes in that you know particular sports car so in a, a perfect example a 1994 z32 300zx comes with a three liter v6 so that's not bad for a for a mid to early 90s sports car right um and so when you're not shifting which you could be cruising at a 65 or 75 mile an hour speed in fourth gear and turning higher rpms than you should be (laughs) um you're still enjoying that engine um whereas i don't think in 
any way, shape, or form you can enjoy a Toyota Solara or a Chrysler LeBaron or a Chrysler Sebring <laughs> with the top down. I just can't see it. So I that's what I would go with. What what would you go with? That that is fair. Um, I may shock you and say I think I would, I would pick the convertible. Um, I mean I'm not excited about either. But the reason I say this is uh, that pile of patina called a 1992 Saturn SL that I had in college. It was not a convertible, but it was not a fast car. It was not anything at all performance, but it was a manual. And I had so much fun in the winter just driving that slow car fast as they driving that car 11 tenths every day, all day. Yeah. Not illegal in it. So not if illegal that car were you a can't con- reach the speed limit. Exactly. If that <laughs> car were a convertible, like if yeah. I could find a convertible of a car like that, uh, I think I would enjoy that more than yeah. um, well, and I'll have a caveat this more than automatic in I, I find most automatic performance cars, not all of them uh, it just frustrates me and makes me wish it was a manual that yeah. being said, a lot of the very recent automatic cars, especially you know, new DC, DCT cars, but there's been some plan- good planetary oh yeah, too. dude, ZF automatics are the bomb there's been some new Automatic cars are pretty freaking good, and maybe yeah. maybe change my mind, but I don't know. I'm inclined to say it's a lot more fun in a manual right. convertible that I can just mess around with. Yeah, you know, I, but, I hear you. But your points valid too. Yeah, that's why no, I said no. this or that. Yeah, because it's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's is true. I, I, you know, you mentioned the fact that you drive eleven tenths in a car like that. You know, you're so right. And that was so. Here's it, that takes me back to my hot hatch. That my particular hot hatch was. I always had this picture of like 11 tenths and getting that back wheel off the ground. Because I know you've done that. Uh I know you have because you're uh a G. I couldn't do that in the ST. The ST had so much performance that I had to have been. And by the way, it's not like it's a super fast car. I mean, 250 horsepower out of a two liter turbo. Um. But, but dude, that car can handle well enough that. Oh uh, yeah, no, 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 reckless. That car, that. my ST mobbed. My, my, okay, if you, okay, do me a favor, ladies and gentlemen, please go to Tormenting Tarmac on Instagram. Um, I run that account, and I hope Ronnie will get a chance to go ahead and really put in a lot of input himself. But he does, by the way. That, um, and if you go to like one of the first three posts that I did when I first started the Instagram account, um, it is a car that is driving through the can through canyons in the desert um that is a that is a 2014 ford focus st uh with yours truly behind the wheel it's just unfortunate i never got that back tire off the ground like that's always been i always see those pictures ronnie you know of like uh, the old hot hatches back in the 80s and the early 90s uh you know from evo and from auto car and from top gear yeah yeah and even johnny lieberman getting back back tires off the ground mobbing through the canyons with matt farrah like that's the dream (laughs) and i never got a chance to live out that dream because apparently i couldn't get that st fast enough in order to pull that off um so one of these days i will um i don't know if it'll be in an st but it'll be something else and uh hopefully ronnie who's a pretty handy photographer himself will catch me doing it at some point um that would be that would be the tits autocross is a good place to get it done it yeah dude that was the one thing and that that was another a missed opportunity i never got the chance to do was take that car to autocross but uh i think it's been a pretty good show would you say that? yeah first show in the books first show in the books it was good yeah 
Hey, by the way, not bad for you for first time podcasting there, good sir. Yeah, I've never done a podcast before. Yeah, so shout out to Ronnie. Try to minimize the ums. Yeah. Um, You can, I don't know where you'll be able to find this podcast, but uh, I would hope that you, once we get it up, you'll be able to find it on Spotify and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. And what, what's the phrase? You can find this podcast wherever you find your podcasts. Yeah, that's the phrase that I'm going to end up using at some point. <laughs> but since we haven't uploaded our first show yet, um, I don't know exactly where that's going to happen, but more than likely one of those. And of course, it's definitely going to be through anchor.fm. So if you listen to stuff through Anchor, that is where we're going to be using, that is what we're going to be using in the, f- in the future. So uh, you can always listen to us on there. Um, if you want to go where, ahead. And give us a- uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, where can the good people reach us at? They can absolutely reach us on Instagram at Tormenting Tarmac. That's T-O-R-M-E-N-T-I-N-G-T-A-R-M-A-C. So reach us on Instagram. You can find Ronald here at hounds.and.horsepower, right? Yep, hounds and horsepower. Hounds and horsepower. And you can go ahead and find me at the one and only jman19 on Instagram. yeah, those are my personal ones. I, I do, I you know, I'm an enthusiast. So I've I've tried to move everything over automotive-wise onto Tormenting Tarmac, but sometimes I can't help myself. I'll just put it on my own because um, I love cars and I love I love driving. That's, that's what's so important about this podcast. I can't stress this enough. I love driving. I love grabbing my keys to my Kia Sorento, unbelievably, getting in the car, just going for a drive. The other day I came back from Texas on a road trip and I took a different, the normal than different, um, yeah, different than normal route, if you will, which is coming on the 10 and coming in through Southern Arizona. This time I came in through New Mexico. Ronnie, I told you about this. When there, I, I want to say it's called um, State Route 77, um, which you yeah, come yeah. in from yep. West New Mexico. Yep. Um, and dude, just the best road ever and i was mobbing in a minivan just imagine if you got the right car under the right scenario yeah yeah dude your 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 stingray would murder that 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 tarmac you're welcome ladies and gentlemen um it would torment it quite a a bit there you go yeah Yeah. baby get that plug in there tormenting tarmac bitches (laughs) um it really would though so um do yourself a favor um, whatever car you own, um, if you don't own the car that you want to own yet, don't worry, just enjoy the experience of driving. That's, that's a thing that I feel like we're really losing out on these days, Ronnie, um, mm-hmm. is the spirit of driving. And I don't ever want people to have to lose that. Um, and it's such an, imp- it's the most important thing of car culture is the actual activity that you do with these cars, yes. whether it's racing, bingo. Um, whether it's drifting, whether it's just going for a cruise, which by golly, is that a wonderful feeling when you're just going for a cruise, just enjoy yourself. Um, put the windows down, crank up the music, turn the AC off, especially if it's a cool night, either in the desert or up in the plains in the Midwest and and that shout out to the upper peninsula, man. Um, just do it. It's going to make you feel better and it'll actually remind you more of the reason why you love cars than driving the car you think you want to be driving in, in the mo- most stupid of scenarios. I'm just saying. So um, I think that, I think that's where we end it right there, Ronnie. So 
you want to say anything else to the people before we sign off? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, shoot us a message or a question if you want us to talk about any any topics on this podcast. Um, yeah. You know, we'd love to interact with any. Uh, I don't know if we can use the word fans yet or not. Um, any fellow enthusiasts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, otherwise, um, we'll be seeing you soon. For sure, man. Again, go check us out. Go give us a follow on Instagram. Um, subscribe to our podcast. We again, we plan on releasing one once a month. And uh, if you guys like it enough, maybe we'll you know we'll up the ante a little bit. But for now, it's all yep. about the quality on this program. Yep. And uh, Ronnie, I'm going to use your tagline because it was probably the most brilliant thing you've ever come up with having to do with this podcast. You come up with a lot of great stuff, but uh, I'm going to steal it because it's amazing. Um, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jorge Aquino. Uh, And this is Ron Morris, and you've been listening to Tormenting Tarmac, where the enthusiasts never die. Have a good night, guys.